So, um, this is, I was listening to a interview with Seth Rogen on NPR. Okay. And he released a book. You know, he got into comedy when he was a kid. I've seen his stand-up. He, there's a video. There's a lot. He said there's a ton of his stuff on YouTube from yeah. when he was a kid. Yeah, he's, he's funny. So he, his coach, when he was in middle school, told him, uh, what frustrates you is funny. People want to laugh at what makes you mad. Yeah. Not what makes you happy. Yeah. And so it's a very... You know, it's a it's a it's a it's a postmodern view of humor, but it actually you know carries through all of society and all of history. What people want to laugh at is um, you making fun, of, and this is one thing I want to say: you get frustrated about people making political jokes. However, that's what people find funny. Now, granted, now we're in a point in society where only fifty percent of the people find it funny. Well. How, how what? It is true. There Joe. can be funny things that you don't politically agree with. Sometimes though, the problem is, is the spirit behind it. You can you can sense when something's genuinely funny or when like I mock. Uh, I think Donald Trump's tweets are outrageous and hysterical and ridiculous, right? And and yeah. and just it's beyond the pale, right? And a lot of people would be annoyed at me for saying that, right? Half the country might be annoyed at me, but it's just like the truth, you know. When he tweets out China, exclamation mark, that's outrageous. Like, it's so outrageous. Okay? It, it's it's funny, and and you almost are like, is this guy, like, what is going on? But is this guy, like, ill mentally or what? Anyways, though, but it's great, too. But but the point is is that some people, like, like for example, Stephen Colbert, I've made this observation before, but he was hysterical when he had his TV show where he mocked Bill O'Reilly, where he was like this, this, this like the Colbert rapport. That was really, really funny, right? And, but then he had this switch where he got super duper. You got to understand that 50% of the nope, people no, find that funny. No, they don't. Yeah, not, they very do. many, not very many people in general find it funny because not very many people are watching any of this content. So, no. It's not funny. It's just I would be willing to bet. A lot more people watched Jay Leno and Letterman than watch him, even when we had YouTube. Okay? And now people are not watching hardly any of it. The late night is dying. Okay? The, Stephen Colbert will make it, but there won't be. They'll probably, like, they're going to have to do something else. Just everything about it is not as good as people. People would rather listen to a three hour long Joe Rogan podcast. Than, than watch Colbert. And Colbert's like a clean 30-minute long show. They were just very snappy with your favorite celebrities on it. And people would rather listen to a, a, a dumb butt. No, you got to understand how clicks work. If you... If you... What do you mean? If you click on the episode, it shows a view. No, it doesn't. Yes, you, it does. You have to, you have to, you have no, you don't. You have, to, you have to observe a certain amount of... No, you don't. No, they do. They have different rules, Ben. I'm telling you. They, I, I've, I've, I've just listen to the YouTubers talk about it. You can't just click on it. You have to you have to observe a certain amount of the content. But it's not three hours. You don't have to log in at three hours. No, you don't. It's I a think small it, percentage. It's like I, I think they do it like halfway or whatever. But It's Rogan's not halfway. Not, Rogan's not even on YouTube anymore. He has some clips, but he's not on YouTube anymore. He doesn't do his full length. He only well, does his podcast. Them. That's the, way, the same way his podcast works. 
to, to register a, a listen People, on a podcast, the, my point, you just have to click on it. Ben, I'm Ben. I'm telling you, Joseph. I'm telling you that just because some show has more clicks or listens than Colbert does not actually mean that more people listen to it. It just means that... You have, it's, and for three hours... Ben. It's much easier to get a click than for 30 minutes. Ben. Ben. What? It, there are over 10 times as many people observing Rogan's content than Colbert's. Well over 10 times. Okay, you know what? You're he's right, actually. Phenomenon. I don't know why I'm arguing. Yeah, I don't I'm know just why saying I'm he's, a, he's a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, so Colbert is not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, Leno, Letterman were cultural phenomenons. Everybody knew who they were. Every, you, anybody that's like... Most people that are my age don't even know Stephen Colbert is. And I'm 29. They don't even who? Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel? Kimmel? Who's that? Jimmy Kimmel's hilarious. Fun, very funny people. All these people, by the way, are hilarious people. You know who's not funny? Who? That SNL guy. Uh, Jimmy Fallon? He's not funny. He is, he has a contagious laugh. He's a happy-go-lucky guy. Yeah. And people like, he has a good personality. Happy's not funny. <laughs> That's the whole Seth Rogen thing. Happy isn't funny. Good, like, positivity is generally not funny. People want to laugh at misery, right? Mm -hmm. That's why you have Funniest Home Videos, AFI. That show taps into something that we don't even realize, that we love watching on people's misery. One of the biggest, the probably, probably right below, like, uh, uh, Kevin Hart as far as like the most popular stand up comedian in the world is Bill Burr and uh, people might take issue with that because a lot of people love Dave Chappelle but Dave Chappelle you know he's not he's, I don't think he's, he could fill out as many stadiums as, well you as know Bill who Burr. can fill out more stadiums than both those guys who a lot of comedians uh, people that are into comedy don't like this but it's totally true Kevin Hart that guy packs out. He I gets... just said he's the number one. He's oh, he is. Okay, yeah. never mind. Yeah, I, yeah. I, you know what? I have a problem with listening. <laughs> it's okay. It's a struggle for me too sometimes. My hermeneutics class, there, I was reading a book and it was like, if you're a good listener like to people, then you'll be good in hermeneutics. And I was like, dang it! <laughs> Dude, so the thing is with, with Bert is that he's Irish. He's from Boston. And he's Irish, and he has built this insane empire off of being really, really angry and frustrated. Yeah. And it's all his comedy. And he's hysterical. Everything he does is funny. He has His podcast is one of the most popular podcasts in the world, and it's just him talking. He doesn't even have guests. He just <laughs> I know it's crazy. It's total madness. And he, he does it like how we do it, where he just kind of records anywhere and stuff. Yeah. It started out with him being like getting really f- angry at like he'd be like at a he would be like in the airport and get really mad about something because he's like Irish and he's just easily triggered. Yeah. And then he would like call a friend and they w- the friend wouldn't answer and so he'd leave a voicemail and ranting. Just ranting like a crazed Irishman, right? Yeah. And it's really funny because he really it is really he really means it and you know cuz you're we're Irish and we understand like these people are the the whole Irish temper thing is a total real thing. They're not. Their anger is pretty. It's very intense. It's it's terrible to see, but it's like go to the grocery store and shoot the place up. You know, yeah. they're they get really mad. They get really really mad, yeah. and they mean it too. When they're mad, they'll do crazy things. It's not like like I have a roommate. He's Mediterranean, and they 
speak in hyperbolics at all times. Everything is just like. Oh, and you don't like what I, you're yeah, absolutely what, I I, what you're so, saying right yeah, now is all hyperbolic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> like when I like if, when I get really mad and incensed, and I say like I'm gonna punch you in the face, I'll actually do it, right? Or I'll actually burn. If I say I'm gonna burn the house down and I'm mad, I'm actually gonna attempt to burn the house. That's actually what's gonna happen. And they're like not that way at all, you know? Yeah, I mean you're yeah some serious generalizations here, but uh, yeah, of course. But the point is, is that these Irish people they get really mad but the other thing is that he's built this empire off of that anger and that misery yeah which it is he talks about how it's like his whole life it's like been really hard to be happy and stuff because he gets so mad all the time about like everything it's just really hard and then he had he's had started a family and then he had to like go to therapy and like kind of work through all the anger because it's like very real it's like it's, it's funny and he built a career off of it but he's also like very sincere yeah he's like truly incensed by all these things <laughs> <laughs> by like everything and everybody you know that's great yeah so you're right what makes you angry is what's funny for sure you know yeah yeah definitely well you can make it funny like so we were talking earlier in an earlier episode about uh, fat guy and fat girl humor mm-hmm. one of the big things in that that line of humor is self-deprecating jokes about you know the girls will always be commenting in the jokes about like getting some right and then the guys will be making jokes Actually, same thing, you know, about rejection and people not liking them. And, and I don't know. It's so weird what gets censored and what doesn't. Yeah. It's like, why is it okay right now to, you know, all Adam Sandler's old 90s humor about mocking disabilities right. is bad. Right. Which is not, actually. That's another example. Like, if it came out today, it couldn't, none of that stuff could come out today. Yeah. However, unless it's Adam Sandler, people love it. Yeah. I don't know why, but it's yeah. bad. It's not good to be making jokes about that. But then we're okay with all these jokes about fat girls and fat guys, yeah, and them like joking about their rejection and their misery, yeah. But it's the exact same thing, yeah. Basically, the things that make you the most angry or frustrate you the most, or I could—that's the funniest. I- Honestly, it's funny when you mention rejection. I think about all the times I've been rejected, and it's hysterical. It's the funniest thing. Like, it is hysterical. It's it, super funny. If you go through talking about jobs that you've been rejected at or people that have rejected you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Steal that number from me and you guys enjoy. Yes. Thanks. Yeah. Um, or, uh, like, the, the funniest, the times people have had me, I'm a non-brick-off guy. You're not, I'm, I'm an anti-brick oven guy. I'm not a brick oven guy typically either, just so you know. But it's brick oven, we're going to go for it. So yeah. That's yeah. way too hot. That's scalding. One bite, everybody knows the rules. <laughs> what is that? That's that's Dave Portnoy. That's the Barstool Sports guy. Yeah. He what? says that when he's like, it's 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 funny. The main reason it's funny is because he, he says that and then he proceeds to eat the entire piece of pizza. So you're supposed to take one bite and then like rate it. But he eats, he's like one bite, everybody knows rules, and he like eats it. He'll eat like most, if not the whole slice, and then rate the pizza. What's going on in it? <laughs> is it one bite? What's going on? And then if he has a guest on, he tells him to rate it one through ten. 
And if they give a round number, if they don't do like a 4.5 or a 6.8, he's like, rookie score. He just, <laughs> he just tells rookie score. And he's like, it's like, it's like, and it's very condescending too. He's like, well, that was a rookie score, but. And it's like, <laughs> it's fantastic. Guy doesn't care at all. Doesn't care. And he never, ever tells anybody. And then he's, and then he'll like, you know, he might, and then he might make a comment about maybe how that person doesn't watch the show, you know. Like, he, here he's at, he has, like, really famous people on. Like, he had Matthew McConaughey. He had the cast of The Gentleman. McConaughey and and Colin Fell do not have time to be watching yeah. Barcelona Sports. No, right? he doesn't have any time to do that. Like, <laughs> come on, man. And then he gives people grief about it in this really condescending way. He'll be like, oh, rookie score. <laughs> yeah, maybe you don't watch the show. And then you're like, and it's like, jeez. This dude. They're on your show for promotion. Yeah. Actually, no, not even for promotion. Like it's just what stars have to do. They don't care. <laughs> no. They're they, making their money other yeah. ways. Yeah. Doesn't <laughs> care at all. Oh, that's great. Have you watched this new Guy Ritchie movie with Jason Satham? No, but I here's the thing about Jason Satham. What? All of his movies that are not Guy Ritchie are rated a 5.9 and below on yeah. IMDb. Yep. Okay. But I love Jason Statham. He's great. I absolutely love him. But he's not in good movies. No. Or his movies don't rate well for some. I just watched Parker with uh, Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Great movie. Okay. And I, you know, I have a soft spot in my heart for Jennifer Lopez. We all do. We, <laughs> <laughs> we all do. So my thing is, uh, why? What, like, why is he... People comment about his acting like he's not a good actor. I get it. You know, he's not great. But I like watching him. I like watching his movies. And I, I just wish... I don't know. Is he not in good movies? Have you watched Wild Card? Mm-mm. Nope. That's one that, like, they market hard on, on the internet. Like, they try to get you to watch that. You know what I mean? That's the one where it shows him, like, you know, jumping out or whatever. And every time you're on a streaming service, inevitably, they're, like, promoting Wildcard. You know, it's, like, at yeah. the top of your feed or whatever. Well, the problem with... And Parker that, is the same thing. Yeah. The thing is, though, is it's, like, it is a... His movies are watchable, okay? But, dude, like, if you watch... Um, well, in the words of Alec Baldwin, he's, like, doing a movie... Tom Cruise movie is the height of cinema. It's like what movies are meant to. It's like the it's like the movie thing, and that's the thing. When you can go out and watch an action movie with Tom Cruise in it, that is perfect. It's a perfectly executed movie in every way, literally from start to finish. You cannot engineer a better action movie than like one of these Mission Impossible movies, minus Mission Impossible Two. All the other ones are perfect. Yeah, but Mission Impossible Two doesn't have like. Sandy Newton in it or something like that or, it, or no it has yeah it has her it has I mean it's fine it's just camp it's a campy movie doesn't it have Ben Stiller as a stunt double yes it does <laughs> yes it does Ben Stiller probably thought he made it at that point like, I made it dude. <laughs> I'm Tom Cruise's stunt double dad dude it worked out because then he had Tom Cruise and one of the most iconic roles ever as Les Grossman. <laughs> He's like, I will shove my hand so far up your butt that I'll be that I'll be making you talk like a puppet. <laughs> just, just, just. Uh, 
Ah, uh, some of our listeners aren't going to like that joke. <laughs> that was nasty, but it was outrageous. Well, it's the the thing is, is the 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 thing itself is not great, but it's like when you're sitting there and you're watching Tom Cruise in a fat suit act like a crazed, coked up Hollywood executive. It's really funny. It's like one of the funniest things ever. And did you also know that? Um, uh, I think Ryan Reynolds was going to play the role of uh, Matthew McConaughey's role in the movie and then pulled out because he was too good for it or something. Something happened and he didn't end up doing it. So, dodged a bullet there. Imagine that movie without Matthew McConaughey. You know, <laughs> come on. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, but the thing is, is that... Uh, so when you're talking about action movies, that's the problem. Is it's like you can watch Mission Impossible Fallout, which might be the best action movie that's ever come out, right? Or one of the, it's like so good. It's just start to finish, so good. And that's a Jeremy of, Renner one. Uh, with the big the, the Dubai trip and the no big glass no no, no that's that's Ghost Protocol. Oh okay. But Fallout is the good. newest one. Fallout is the one with Henry Cavill. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Dude, you gotta watch it. Have Crazy. You seen, good. Have you seen MI5? Yeah. It's like this, like, oh, uh, uh, these British the one, people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is kind of, actually, I think it's a racist term, but they're called the spooks. Mm-hmm. I don't know why British people are allowed to use that word and everybody else isn't, but. Well, they use what, a lot of words that everybody else isn't allowed to use. What, what, what is, what are the spooks? I don't know the origin of that one. No, I know that it's. Oh. I know what it refers to racist wise, but like in Britain, I've heard it, I've why heard it, I've heard what, it be referred to as cops. I've heard people say that. Okay. Okay. So it's a it's a sh- it's this British cop TV show. Yeah. And they made a movie called MI5. I was reading the reviews of it. Wasn't cop originally a, dog, a derogatory term for police? I thought cop was too. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Originally. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody's you. Sorry, any BS club law enforcement officers. I appreciate what you do, but I've found that everybody is universally not super fired up about cops. <laughs> well, they well, the moment the moment black people are like, yeah, we don't really like we really dislike cops, and all of a sudden, like half of society was like, we love cops. And I was like, really? Do you? Because <laughs> my whole life, you've talked about how much you hate them. <laughs> <laughs> we need them, you know. Yeah. But it's just like, it just sucks getting a traffic ticket. I don't know what else to say. Well, we, we, we ran out of gas recently on, on the way home from a job. And give it five minutes and a police officer yep. was there to make sure that, you know, everything was all right. And, and State police will, will give you gas even sometimes. Oh, I wish I would have known that because no. he might have been. But 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 this guy comes up and and the whole time I'm thinking he's trying to get us, right? He's trying to figure out something that we're doing wrong. Yeah. And then and then he's gonna cuff us and throw us in the back <laughs> of his vehicle, right? So mm-hmm. so I'm like, oh, thanks so much, officer, for stopping and talking to us. You know, yeah. I'm just. Yeah, really appreciate the service. And you know what I mean? Yep. And making sure we're all right. Thank you. But, yeah, we, we're calling the insurance right now, and, and we've got it all figured out. But, like, I'm, like, on my knees, you know, making sure that he 
doesn't get shot. Yeah, it's getting back to the Irish thing. Put us in the paddy wagon. <laughs> <laughs> the the thing is with the um, see, state police, like when 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 I was working in Detroit at that control center, we the state we would have the state police would supply a lot of our roadside assistance. So, one of the things that people don't realize is that you should not get out of your vehicle when you're on the side of a freeway. On the side of a road in general, but on the side of a freeway is especially bad idea. That is super annoying. Okay. <laughs> well, just wait till you have children, because that's what it's like. It's like car alarms. It's like one thing bad happens. You drop something on your toe. You yell. Boom. Car alarms start to begin. One child starts screaming. Wakes up from a nap. Other child starts screaming. And that's basically... And then the more children, the more... It's just like... It's like car alarms. That's what it is. It's, car, it, it, it's like in the movies when one thing happens in a, in, a, in a parking lot and then all the car's alarms start to go off. That's what it's like having children, basically. So, I love it. I'm, I'm not of trying course. to disparage having children, but... It does sound miserable, though. <laughs> but, you know... It is what it is. And one of those rap songs where they like mumble rap, this guy says, it is what it is. He calls, and he's, he's uh, maybe I should do this song. He's like... It's hard to understand what he's saying because he's doing the mumble rap thing. But then he says, I'm, I, I'm not sick with sickle cell, but I'm sick of the cell. And the name of the song is sickle cell, or Sick of the Cell or something like that. And he keeps like, sick of the cell. We'll listen to it. Maybe we'll listen to it on the, on the podcast. Everybody can hear it. Lots of the BS clubbers won't appreciate it at all. <laughs> They'll be like, what is this trash? And it is trash. I mean, I like rap and I like mumble rap. This is some of the trashiest trash there is out there. It's a, it's a guilty pleasure. <laughs> if I'm being honest. Uh, mm. And that's what, another one I came around to? Country music. Well, I just want to say this about country music. Country music took like a weird turn in the last 20 years where it was like it started to symbolize all these things that a lot of people hate. Um, but initially, so you have, you know, you've got folk music, you've got bluegrass, you've got blues, okay? And these different types of music are the foundation for rhythm and blues. Yeah. Hip-hop and art, uh, hip-hop, rap, right. rock and roll. Right. And so... They are the foundation for all modern American right. music. Right. And so the best music ever written is going to be country. Well, here's just an example of how, like, uh, uh, what the music has come to em- emphasize and symbolize is totally contrary to its origin. Woody Guthrie was a communist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So with his music, the well, modern his... country stars will sing his music today, right. cover it. But they mean something totally different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, he's like, yeah. So, yeah. so, so, so would he say, like, this or is a song that... they probably don't mean anything by it, but no, their audience is taking it a different yeah. way. So yeah, so This Land is Our Land, Woody Guthrie's song, uh, about communism. 
mm-hmm. about socialism, about uh, the proletariat, and you know, the seizing lab- the, the labors, me- the labors, and seizing the means of production, and everything like that. After nine eleven, is like the rallying cry for bombing out the Middle East. <laughs> Joke. They, need, they needed freedom. Yeah, we're here to liberate So, so, so the the that and maybe nine eleven played a huge part in what country music and actually Christian rock also came to symbolize and mean. But I love country music. I cherish the Charlie Daniels band, and I don't know if you could call Bob Dylan country. Certainly you can Johnny Cash And I like Alan Jackson Okay Oh you do? And Josh Turner Okay I love these guys Josh Turner has a beautiful voice He has Yeah just an absolutely I don't I have like like People There's like nobody in the game That can sing that low Like he's His ten I mean he's a tenor Yeah But he can go so low It's insane Gonna turn the lights down Oh dude (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then who else do I like? I like uh what's that uh uh band that does Rascal Flats? I like Rascal Flats. I like uh Lady Antebellum. Yeah. So I I don't know. I like I like these groups, but I used to feel bad about liking Rascal Flats and Lady Antebellum, but now I've embraced country. Oh. Cheryl Crow is a big time. She was like huge on the country and and uh and uh Kid Rock were huge on like country radio and stuff. I love those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Dude, country, country. Allison Krauss. Yep. Oh man, so good. There's a lot of good stuff out there. Yeah. You know, it's considered country. So they, they, they. The thing is, too, is that we're okay. We like rock and roll, right? We love classic rock. That was like what introduced us to pop music, and it's gone. Except if you listen to country. If you listen to country, you get rock and roll. You don't, you're just not going to hear rock and roll. It's not, not like it used to be, at least. It's it, not top 40. Only indie groups and bands yeah. out of San Francisco do it now. Yeah. And like, okay, the Killers are, are, are rock and roll, but it's very alt. It's very alt rock. It's not like, cla- it's not light. It's not as much like Well, rock. I'll say this. Although, Their newest albums, yeah, the, you know, that song, uh, uh, What's that song called? Um, what is this? That's the Speaking music the kids rock. are listening to nowadays. You know? No, actually, nobody's listening to that music nowadays. No. No, no one. I don't know whose playlist. It's like pothead music. Yeah. Yeah, like Rat Tat Tat. Jeez. That's such a bizarre thing. No. I mean, they, they, that song they did with Kid Cudi is pretty great. So, uh, no, the... Um, uh, the what? Well, you were just saying uh, the Killers. That Ooh. song they have, uh, "Caution." That song sounds just like a uh, John Cougar Mellon camp. Yeah, that's Bob true. Seger, or not Bob Seger. John Cougar Mellon song <laughs> they, or, or Bruce right. Springsteen great, song. They have phenomenal stadium rock. That's true. Yeah, they're they're an oddity though, and they're actually people. Oh. Another country artist. People might disagree with me on this, but Taylor Swift started out in yep. country. She was on country top 40 yep. music. I love Taylor Swift, and especially her old music. Yeah, she's, she's amazing. I, I like her new music, too. 
she's good. And actually, she's gotten back to her roots because she's not with that Bone Iver, uh, bon, Bonnie Bear. You know uh, who's album. producing her, her stuff? The is, guy from Fun. Yeah, the guy, Jack Ananoff from Fun. He's writing a lot of her, her music. That's great. Yeah. You should listen to uh, Jack Antonoff. There's a band called Bleachers. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Really good. Not better than fun. But you know I found out about fun. What's that? I blamed Jack Antonoff for why they broke up, but it wasn't him. He's the lead singer. Yeah, Nate Roos broke the band up. Yeah. Now, they said they didn't break up, but it's probably not true. Yeah. Probably bad blood. And then he came out with an album that sounded exactly like fun, but wasn't as good. And then he is in the, it went into total obscurity. Jost, who is from Michigan. By the way, my, my friend Austin met him one time back when he... Uh, he's on Onothello? Yeah, he's from Onothello. He, he writes music for dogs. There's like these TV shows that dogs will watch, and he like writes music for dogs. Like talk about indie and bizarre. <laughs> but think, you know, but you got a guy like that, and you've got Jack Jack Antoff has like a, a perfect understanding of Americana pop. He's a huge fan of of Bruce Springsteen, like a massive fan of Bruce Springsteen, and so he captures what's. Springsteen, the flavor that Springsteen has, and then he in, infuses it with pop, with like rock pop type stuff, and it's just, it's amazing. His music is amazing, and yeah. so, and then you have uh, Nate Roos, who's he's got a beautiful voice, and then you've got this Jost, Colin Jost guy, who's just like, like out in Pluto, yeah. doing who knows what, thinking who knows what, and you bring those those ingredients together, and then you have. Fun, just an absolutely amazing band that only lasted two two albums before they broke up. Yeah. So that's super disappointing. It is. It but, is. You know, we gotta circle back though. The thing is, <clears throat> is Jason Statham. His action movies are watchable, but if you're a movie critic, it's really hard to give the movie any sort of like weight because of the competition is stiff in this in that genre really stiff it's like the stiffest of any genre it's funny like these these melan- melancholic like depressing dramas that's not a super that's really not a super stiff there's not a lot of stiff competition you know you just get throw Meryl Streep in there you're gonna get nominated for a bunch of awards all that stuff but when you get it into action dude it's like you can do a lot of things right and still not get anywhere and not uh, be highly rated. No, you're right. No, all my favorite movies definitely are action. You gotta, you gotta do a lot of things correctly, and then yeah, get lucky. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's what the people consume. You know, you you think of the the Marvel movies. That's what they are. They're action movies. Yeah. You know, that's what people want to watch. So, um, Emily, which can I just that, say something? The marketing of sex and sexuality. If you look at the cover of the first three Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. they really push uh, Fisher. What's her name? Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher. Like in like all the like basically lingerie or yeah, whatever yeah. and sexual poses on the marketing of the trilogy. Right. 
and the same thing with Mark Hamill, you know, showing like an eight pack and big pectorals and right. great quads and showing off his legs and his chest and everything mm-hmm. like that. In the new movies, they don't, they do not, the episodes one, two, and three, and actually it's the same thing with episodes uh, seven, eight, and nine. Yeah. They do not market sex yeah. and sexuality. It's more about the action. Right. If you just look at the marketing, but then if you watch the movies, it's the same thing. They don't conveniently put Natalie Portman in like a BDSM uh, uh, submissive like yeah. outfit like they do to Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Weird. Good on him. Um, but it's because action is what sells. Yeah. So, and you know, people say sex sells, and it does. Of course. But to a point, at a certain point, you cross a line, and then you're like, well, now it's just pornography. Yeah. And so then you can't market it. Whereas if you stay in that PG 13, you're going to make the most amount of money at PG 13. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good point. It's true. Yeah. So. I just think it's tough. Uh, it's just tough. It's a tough racket, and that's why Jason Statham's movies don't get a lot of very much credit. I personally have not. I like watched the Transporter movies. I didn't like them. Uh, yeah, I think the first one was really big. I think I watched that. One. I don't think I watched any others. Yeah, I didn't like any of them. Um, but he's great. He is. He's he's an underrated actor. I mean, he's super duper athletic. So he's obviously great great action hero because he's so mobile and he's believable so like as he gets older mm. you're still like yeah that square jawline that bald head man he can really do it yeah. you know yeah. yeah yeah he looks like somebody who's gonna kick some butt for sure yeah the nose the nose definitely looks like it's been broken a few times yep yep so that helps which I think it has I think it, he used to be some sort of fighter I can't like an MMA guy yeah, or something something like that but uh we're gonna have to shut it down okay Okay. Talk to you later. See you. Goodbye. Okay, thanks. Bye.